Hello, I'm Hannah Kaplan, and this is the WCS Wild Audio Podcast, where you'll find reported audio stories covering the latest news and newsmakers from WCS's field sites, zoos and aquarium, and their conservation partners. We've got a great show today, so let's get to it. Across the globe, climate change is reshaping land and seascapes. In the Arctic, melting sea ice is opening up shipping traffic into and out of the region. The increasingly noisy underwater environment created by these commercial vessels now threatens marine mammals that rely on sound for communication, food, and safety. WCS Canada's Bill Halliday and Steve Inslee have been studying this growing problem. They spoke to Wild Audio's Nat Moss for this report. Sounds have long been a part of marine species' underwater environment in the Arctic. There's all the sounds that the animals are making. A beluga whale. A bearded seal. Ice itself crackles and hisses. Those are the natural fluctuations and sound levels that animals have to deal with. They have to be able to hear one another, communicate with one another through through their vocalizations. That's Bill Halliday, Arctic Acoustics Program Lead for WCS Canada. Unlike animals on land or in the air who can rely on visual cues, says Bill, animals underwater rely much more on acoustics. Many species rely on it for predator avoidance, and a select few, especially toothed whales like uh, dolphins, killer whales, beluga whales that we study, they actively use sound to find their food through echolocation. And so sound is very important. And then there's noise. Noise is a whole other thing. So noise is unwanted signals for an animal to hear. And humans create a lot of noise that animals simply just have not adapted to living with. Ships create cavitation from their propellers. Their propeller spins. And when it spins, it creates these little bubbles that are um, uh, formed. And then they explode. And that creates just a ton of noise. Their engines are obviously quite noisy. A lot of ships are even purposefully putting sound into the water, like naval sonar, to map out the environment around them or find different objects in the water that they're looking for. And so all of those activities are creating noise that animals don't want to listen to. We've all been in rooms or restaurants that are so loud it's hard to hear the person sitting next to you. That's a bit like a ship driving through a foraging area. The marine animals are no longer able to use echolocation to communicate, They may even leave the area entirely, expending energy that they need while abandoning a valuable food source. The bottom line is that, you know, with the decrease in sea ice, there is an increase in development in general. Steve Inslee directs the Arctic Canada program for WCS. He says that barges to resupply coastal villages are not new. But as the waters of the Beaufort Sea and Amundsen Gulf continue to lose ice, more cruise ships and bulk transport vessels now ply these waters, bringing underwater noise with them. In response, WCS has been looking at how shipping routes line up with marine mammal activity. So we've been able to help define sensitive areas by just doing passive acoustics so we can record when the different whales are there, when they're coming, when they're going. And there's a lot of overlap with the, uh, with the ships that are coming through. That leaves two basic options. You can move the ships away from where the marine mammals are or try to reduce the noise, principally by encouraging ships to slow down. One of Steve and Bill's proudest achievements combines both. 
We had done an earlier paper looking at where ships were going, where the sensitive areas were for beluga and bowhead whales, and also just kind of mapping out ships in terms of their proximity to the marine protected areas. And there were, there were obvious overlaps. So the, the main shipping route that the government had defined um, goes right through the top of a marine protected area. And then it goes right through the middle of concentration areas for beluga and bowhead whales in the eastern Beaufort Sea. And so we pointed out and we said, okay, what are some easy solutions? Well, you could move the corridor a little bit further north and have it go around these areas, or you could try and minimize the impact of those ships by having them go slower. And, and those ideas got picked up by some people at Fisheries and Oceans Canada, and they ran with it within the local communities and developed something called a notice to mariners. It specifically requests that ships avoid the marine protected areas if possible, and if not possible, that they travel at 10 knots or less. And then they've made the same recommendation in these sensitive areas for belugas and bowhead whales to ask ships to travel at 10 knots or less in those areas. Now, these are voluntary guidelines, so there's nothing holding people to it. But what we're doing right now is following up with that and just monitoring the ship traffic and seeing what ships are doing. In all, the team has deployed seven recording devices in Arctic waters between the Amundsen Gulf and the U.S.-Canada border. They're similar to acoustic monitoring efforts by WCS and other locations, like the Arctic Beringia region across Alaska and the Russian Far East, or the New York Seascape. Several of the Arctic devices are at sites near Indigenous communities that have worked in partnership with WCS Canada on this project. The Inuvaluit are Inuit people of the Western Canadian Arctic, inactive partners in conservation, says Steve. The Inuit rely on marine mammals and fish and seabirds and ducks and geese. So they're very, very concerned with anything that might impact you know, access to those animals or the health of those animals. So in that respect, our goals are exactly the same because a healthy community that survives largely um, on country food can only work if the, you know, if the environment is healthy. Looking to the future, Bill notes that while there is little chance of reversing the melt of sea ice soon, progress on reducing the impact of Arctic Ocean noise on marine mammals is possible. Shipping is a solvable issue. There are ways to do it sustainably. There are ways to continue letting communities get resupplied by ships and continuing to let people come up and see the Arctic and, um, and have goods transported across the region while minimizing those impacts on species. But both Bill and Steve continue to worry about the growing impacts of a changing climate on the Arctic. Steve puts it bluntly. I'm optimistic but scared as hell because, you know, the, the changes that we see in the Arctic are greater than anywhere else. And it's dramatic. And the likely implications for a lot of animals are going to be severe. But on the other hand, I look at how far we have come in terms of our collective environmental ethic over the last 50 years. And it's amazing. You know, we had none. And now it's a serious part of the everyday discourse. And that is amazing in itself. And I think if we're not optimistic, it almost makes it impossible to do the sort of work we do. For WCS Wild Audio, this is Nat Moss. Today's episode was produced and reported by Nat Moss, with help from Hannah Kaplan and Dan Rosen. The WCS Wild Audio podcast is a production of the Wildlife Conservation Society. Please join us next week for a new episode, and don't forget to rate or review the show wherever you get your podcasts.